Welcome to Olives and Pimentos podcast. I'm your host Sean Mills, and I got with me Corey McCallum from uh, Five Knuckle Chuckle and Old and Beef Chiefs and a multitude of other things. That's wicked. Right on. It's good to see you, pal. You as well, dude. Right on. So, um, what's uh, how did all begin? Like your musical adventure, if you will. Uh, I was. I mean. I got into, I got heavy into music around like grade seven or eight, and then just started listening to stuff a lot more closely, and it wasn't until about grade 11 that I met the guys who ended up being in No Offense, and then what what turned into Five Knuckle Chuckle. I met Adam Langridge and Mark Beasley and Gord Clark. I'd known Gord for years through hockey, but I met Mark and Adam. Those guys were already playing instruments, and uh, we started just goofy writing songs in Adam's basement and then just decided well we should actually play this stuff somehow and uh gord knew scott harbinson and uh who actually lived at the end of my street but we didn't we didn't really uh hang out or anything because he went to a a public school and i went to a catholic school and uh so he just invited scott to come over and jam with us and we just started no offense at that point and i just was the singer because I couldn't play anything else, and I, right. but I was around, so. Right on. And did, you guys recorded some stuff, no offense to you, did you? Yeah, we, we did two tapes. Uh, the first one was just like, it was just really self-titled, but we put like a little fake label thing that says us versus them on it, so some people refer to it as that. And then uh, the second tape was called Turfed. And then after that, then we decided, uh, once we started sort of getting into the Toronto scene and stuff, we realized the no offense name wasn't as clever as we thought it was and everybody knew that we just wanted to be no effects so we <laughs> changed our name at that point to five knuckle chuckle and you you guys released uh two three albums with five knuckle right oh. on raw energy so how two, did... two albums on raw energy and then one like uh ep just recently that's um just independent yeah so the what's um when you guys got signed or whatever to Raw Energy. How was that experience? Oh, uh, well, we were kids. Like, I mean, we weren't even actually old enough to. I think two of us weren't even old enough to sign contracts, but Raw Energy wasn't exactly too worried about it. And uh, they started coming to some Toronto shows when we were just still no offense. And then right as we started being Five Knuckle Chuckle, and they came and asked us if we wanted to make a record. It was just two guys, excuse me, Graham and Chris, Graham Boyce and Chris Black. And we knew a bunch of the Raw Energy bands already because we'd seen them play with, you know, other bands in Toronto, and we'd open for a couple of them a couple times. And like Maroons, Vitamins, and oh no, they weren't. None of them were on it yet. It was like at that point, it was like Trigger Happy was on Raw Energy, yeah. Random Killing, uh, Throbbing Hoods, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, was it King Apparatus? Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, Maryland's came after us, and Jersey and Tire Kickers, yeah. all that stuff was after us. Sort of the next, the next wave of Raw Energy bands. And so, yeah, they just asked us if we would do, uh, like, well, at first it was just one record with them, and we did uh, Charlie Horse, and put that out, and toured it, and did pretty well, and it got on much music, it got over, they got us distribution in Europe, and uh, then we put uh, put out All Hammed Up a couple years later, and then I left to go to university. So what did you go to university for? Uh, journalism. Yeah. I was a Christmas graduate in my second year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did not like it at all. No, uh, no, no. I can't see you see you liking it. 
but you. No, were, I love journalism. Yeah, but, you do. But just the whole... I just don't like the grind of like modern journalism. They were never going to let me write what I wanted to write yeah. the way I wanted to write it. That's all. All university was for me was a battle with every single teacher I had about what was news. Right. They told me that the stuff that I thought was news was not news because they all taught from a newspaper's perspective, and then mm-hmm. I was just like, "Well, I never intend to write for a newspaper, so I don't, I don't want, yeah, I don't want to learn your perspective." <laughs> so I had to get my the dean of journalism marked a whole bunch of my projects in the second year, and then I had a conversation with him near the end of the second year. I said, "You've seen most of my work. Should I come back?" And he's like, "Well, I'm supposed to say yes because we always want the money, but he's like, you would not enjoy." Yeah. the next two years either so oh, he, he was honest with you too he might as well go so right. yeah so i did came back to orangeville and started working at the beer store with all the other guys and yeah dan clark and scott. dan and gordon scott and keith and yeah. bd and yeah it was were, keith was brown for a bit it was it was great it was good times yeah. very very funny job yeah i know i used to see you guys in there all the time uh all when i was buying beer right yeah um so after uh Five Knuckle, um, you went on to what? Uh, I, I didn't really do anything for a couple of years. I just yeah. uh, sort of like goofed around, and then uh, I got a job where I was working at a group home for autistic adults, and I reconnected with Devin Hench, who I went to high school with, and met Stuart Gunn, who's like an Orangeville regular now. He was from Guelph at that time, and uh, they were just two players that didn't really have anything going on and we just decided to start doing a thing called country mondays and we're just playing like roots rock and indie country kind of stuff at mm-hmm. Stewart's house and then that became the haymakers and we just right. kept adding adding more and more people until there's like at one point there was eight eight members yeah. in it so we did two records and a couple eps as the haymakers and at the same time i was doing faceless lasers and that was most. I was with Stuart Gunn as well, but with a whole bunch of his ex Guelph kind of guys, and and then after that it was Grand Fur, and it just yeah, Grand. I liked uh, uh, Grand Fur was fucking wicked, dude. Yeah, Grand Fur was fun. It's like Jay Mar is incredible talent, and he after he was also in the Haymakers, and after the Haymakers was done, he wanted to do like in in Haymakers it was sort of there was five songwriters, so you know an album of ten songs you'd get two songs on it, like mm-hmm. sometimes three. Everybody was writing, and uh, Grant Fur was sort of Jay's vision, where he wrote eighty to ninety percent of it, and yeah. we all just sort of were players in it. Like I mean, everybody was. We all felt like it was our band. That's not what I mean by that, but it was Jay's vision. So, yeah. and do you, do you guys still jam too? No, no, no. J- me and Jay still hang out all the time, but yeah. we don't jam really much at all. As, yeah. as parents and adult and you know true adults, we don't have the the time, the, the time anymore. No, no. Well. Even the Haymakers too, you guys do a lot of... Haymakers, we jammed like two two nights a week because no one had kid. Only Stuart had kid yeah. at that point. So, I mean, and he he was the one who offered up his house. His house became our studio. It became where we did like... It was half, the front of the house, wasn't it? Half of the shit. Well, the studio was upstairs, but we did shows in the kitchen and we yeah. shows in the living room. We like People would just pile out of the backyard. Like It just became our sort of uh, headquarters. But uh, everybody in the band at that point didn't have kids. And now I think... With the exception of maybe Matt Kirk, he's the only one that doesn't have kids. Everybody else in the band does have kids. Yeah, yeah. So, Do you see that coming back together anytime soon? Or? No, I don't. It's, it was no. too hard to wrangle. We did uh, We did sort of like four or five years after we did, we were done, we did like a reunion thing at Gordon Shawcross's house when mm-hmm. he used to have like a yearly party. And even putting that back together for like one show was, it's just so many schedules to wrangle 
Yeah. And so many people don't live in town anymore. And right. Now it's just too too hard. Yeah. So what brought up the uh, reunion for uh, Five Knuckle? I know you guys were doing shows before COVID, before the pandemic hit. Um, you guys did uh, a beer festival. And, yeah. And then... We did, we did a run, like a little run of shows in Toronto and Guelph and Hamilton, and then, yeah, COVID kind of hit. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, that's sort of, that's right while we were recording. We recorded our new stuff um, with Greg Dawson in Kingston. And oh, then, no way, Gerg. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, Gerg. And uh, that stuff kind of got shelled for a good year while we waited to get back in because we got all the music done in one session, but then I had to go in and do vocals, and it took about a year for me to get back in there for the studio to open up efficiently and properly. And uh, just, you know, we got that stuff done, and it was just a matter of, like, let's just get it done and get it out. And there was just, from me, more probably more me than any of the other guys, there was just not a reticence to play, but I was just, we got so much other stuff going on that, I just didn't really, I was just like, let's just get it out and be finished. Mm -hmm. And then a couple months ago, Scott was like, well, we never really got to play these last songs live. And if we're done, we never really got to have like goodbye shows and, and actually just like sign off. So he said, do you want to do it for one more weekend? And then that's what we're doing when goodbye Orangeville show. And then uh, just a goodbye show in Oshawa with Chris Hill from, he's from, he's an old raw energy dude and he's the drummer in Random Killing now he's been putting on the in in Crest We Trust festival for years and years this is the 12th edition I think but for like a couple that he skipped with COVID mm -hmm. so he had asked us a couple times to play it just never happened he had asked Old to play a couple times it never happened so it's it's it seems like a nice way to finish it'll have a nice nice crowd nice of like Toronto idea. Southern Ontario people yeah. Right. And a couple of bands that are like, I mean, I've always liked Random Killing's always been pretty legendary for Toronto punk. And I think Dragged In's one of the better yeah. new new Toronto punk bands and Blackouts from like two or three different Blackout's bands. Pretty good. Yeah, they're playing that night too. No so, shoulda. yeah, so it'll be a good night. That's uh, the next night? That's the very next night, October 28th nice. in, in Oshawa at the Atria. And the uh, show in Orangeville is October 27th? At the Odd Fellows Hall <laughs> slash the Maple Leaf Lounge, whatever the hell they call it. <laughs> But uh, no, it's perfect. It's the perfect way to say goodbye to Orangeville with like a like a almost like a community center or yeah. a legion type well, playing right off the floor. It show. sold out, man. So, sold out in sixty two minutes. Yep. Very fast. I try to let everybody know. Uh, well, uh, I'm gonna name drop here. Uh, I was at work, and my fiance Jennifer Harkness messaged me, and she's like, "It's twelve o'clock. We gotta get these tickets." So she got the tickets, and then I message Reed Cadeau. I'm like, hey, heads up, uh, tickets go on sale for five knuckle. He's like, sweet Mills, owe you a beer. I'm ordering five right now. Yeah, yeah. So. No, it was good. I looked at I looked at twelve oh four because I I mean I ran the I ran the online site that that sold the tickets and I looked at twelve oh four and forty four of the ninety tickets were gone. I was like, oh man, and then it slowed down for the next hour. But I mean, it was still I was letting people know through that hour. I was like, it's going as fast as I expected, if not faster. So yeah. get on there and order. And I mean, most, I would say like, you know, 80 to 90% of our old school, like first wave friends and fans got tickets, but there's definitely like, I have an inbox full of people who are pretty desperate to, <laughs> to, to, go. to get in there. Yeah. We really, we just can't slip anybody in. We, like, uh, I think we bought four, so we're bringing uh, my, uh, my friend Liam. He's a, he's a younger dude, listens to you guys, he's 25. Um, nice. And uh, Mark Dewar. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, he yeah. Fergus. Uh, I ran into him in Zares uh, today, actually. I'm like, do you want to go see Five Knuckle? He's like, uh, yeah. Why you got to take it? Because they're sold out. Yeah. I'm like, well, we got one. Yeah. So I think well, and the, the, we're the probably going to try and offer it to him. So The extra special thing for me is that Wheels on the Bus is getting back together for that show, too. That's like that's that was my too. That was my, for a couple of years, they were easily my favorite Southern Ontario like-minded kind of band and they're yeah. not they're not really playing anything at all right now so i just asked them as sort of a favor would you guys want to get back together for what should amount to be a really good party in orangeville and they were they were in like yeah. flynn so that'd be nice yeah i know because yeah i was just talking to dan because dan drums a band called truce and uh he mentioned we were going to talk about it but yeah. like i don't know if i should talk about it yeah, it was I mean, still pretty secret when you well guys i know yeah. well like so we were talking about it after we record yeah. the podcast. He's like, I got something to tell you about. Uh, you got to shut your yeah. on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, people were pretty... It's funny because I didn't tell anybody about the Orange Drill show yet. And then I, I didn't really put two and two together that Chris Hill was already talking about the uh, the Oshawa show. Yeah. And people were like, oh, you guys are doing one last show? And I thought they were talking about the Orange Drill show. I was like, how the fuck did this get out already? I haven't <laughs> told anybody about this. Yeah. But that's what it was. It wasn't even the right show. No. So I kind of blew it myself. But well, whatever. It's, whatever. It's, it's it'll be, a, it'll be a, it should be a hilarious, hilarious night. Yeah. it's So I, I grew up watching you. I'm uh, 42 and you're... 40, 47. 47. Yeah. So I met you, like, I grew up watching you play, but I met you through a little store called Hardcore Sounds yeah. that you and Scott, the drummer from Five Knuckle, ran. Yeah, uh, six years from 2000 to 2006. Yeah, just, just before the streaming. Well, yeah, just sort of like before, like, right as downloading got, like, so easy. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I remember just before we opened the, sh the store figuring out like how to download albums and stuff like that but it was still like you know you were waiting 30 45 minutes to yeah. like sometimes well, two hours too, right? yeah to download a record and then sometimes it wasn't even the right record and then within like a year of us being open it was just it was the science behind it was ridiculous you get a grab Cracked a record open. grab a record in half a minute and well that's the thing too is like, and then we were doing fine we were actually doing okay for two to three years and then what was at that time uh future shop now i guess best buy they mm -hmm. moved to town and with the whole pop punk kind of market being big enough for Best Buy to be paying, or yeah, Future Shop to be paying attention. We were just getting undercut on mm -hmm. all that stuff. So all the My Chemical Romance, Green Day, anything like that, all of the emo-ish sort of stuff. Like, or anything on like me. They were selling it cheaper at Future Shop than we could actually buy it from our wholesaler. I was actually in Walmart and I saw Green Day Kerplunk on sale for five dollars yeah so and like but you can stream it right now for yeah free, yeah we're getting it from our distributor at that point for 10 or 12 bucks and then yeah. we still got to put a markup on it to make a couple dollars for ourselves so by the near the end of it we just decided you know if we get out now we're on year-to-year -year leases mm -hmm. we won't have to pay any we won't have to buy our, our buy our way out of the lease and uh we'll actually just be able to have a big fire sale and leave with a little bit of money mm -hmm. so didn't and it was cool to you guys used to do shows there too oh yeah we used to do some great shows I the, there's some awesome there were some awesome small shows in that store yeah for sure it was nice it was like a good little hub for Orangeville right when I think Orangeville needed it and then since then like Aardvark's kind of taken over as a place where at least musicians can get together and hang out and hang out and, and buy like vinyl so, too yeah and buy vinyl and, right. and even use CDs and stuff like that there's got to be some there's always should be something in every town for yeah. people to like get together and talk about music. Well, also, and, too, like, how you, how you mentioned CDs, too. Like, I was just reading um, last week. 
So iTunes is uh, what they're, the future for that is if the one song doesn't get enough play on the album, they just won't put it on the site. Right. So I was having this chat with uh, someone and he was saying, yeah, it's true. Like CDs probably will be coming back. Oh, they're coming back right now. Yeah. My daughter, my daughter, who's 15, she's like, we went out during the summer and we went thrifting in Brampton. And one of the things she exclusively wanted to get was she wanted to get a CD player because yeah. she's like, I, and she like, she's got great taste in music. It's a lot of 90 stuff. It's a lot of stuff that we actually came up with. And, um, she's like, I'd love to buy and own all this stuff, but I can't afford the vinyls. The original vinyls would be a hundred bucks and mm-hmm. the represses are all 40 to 60 bucks. Yeah. But she's like, you go to the Salvation Army and you pick up, you know, 10 CDs. CDs for five bucks. Yeah. Like, and there's Beck there, there's Radiohead there, there's mm-hmm. Teenage Fan Club, there's all this cool, like, 90s stuff that, you know, our generation as adults, mm-hmm. we're all getting rid of to save space mm-hmm. in our houses. Well, the kids, they got have all the space in the world. I, I, I gave, when she got her CD player, I gave her my, uh, I had all, I had taken all everything out of my jewel cases and put yeah. them into those those binders yeah. so i just gave her two binders full of stuff yeah just said make your way through this i pointed out about 50 or 60 things that she would like and just said move those to the front and then start working your way through them what's that's fucking awesome actually. yeah she's into a lot of it but she's mostly into like what's indie, her favorite rock well there's a guy named alex g that she like okay. she just went and saw him at her first like real show uh he's like an american indie rock yeah. dude Mostly his first kind of stuff was all like a little bit like home recorded stuff. Right. And now he's he's got a band and stuff like that. He's, he's sort of like a Beck-ish yeah. sort of character for the new generation. And he's, he's really good. Uh, let's do a bunch of it. It's really good. But uh, that's her absolute favorite. But she's into like Radiohead and Beck. And yeah. she's got some old stuff. She loves the Beatles. She's got some Nick Drake. She's got, she's got good taste in music. What are you listening to right now? It depends on the day, man. I listen to different stuff all the time. I'm listening right now. I'm listening to it just a ton of like funk, seventies, yeah, deep funk. So <laughs> just like I'll literally put in like because I I Spotify. I don't care. Like if you didn't want to be on Spotify, like people complain about the Spotify algorithm. Well, if you don't want to be on it, take your stuff off of it, right? Are you guys on it? Yeah, Five Knuckles on it. Old pulled all of our stuff, but to like we pulled everything except two songs. We left two songs so that people could actually find it, and listen to yeah. it if they heard our name or somebody said, have you, "Have you ever heard Old?" We left two songs on, but uh, we're just sort of with the opinion we worked too hard on that that shit to, to for people to just habit without us ever see like you know somebody listens to it the whole album 50 times that's still like 20 cents for the four of us to yeah. to split or the five of us to split yeah. <laughs> so like so then now you're doing like Bandcamp. yeah we've always done Bandcamp. Bandcamp is still like in our opinion the best way it's not it's not perfect but it's the best way for to to most directly and efficiently support the, with the uh, mobile app the app's not great. No. The app's not great. I what I tell people is, you know what, if you still have a Spotify, buy it on Bandcamp and then listen to it on Spotify. Oh, can you do that? Yeah. No, just buy it on Bandcamp oh, and don't word. even worry yeah, about yeah, the yeah, download. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, gave okay. the band you gave the band six kinda. bucks. Yeah. And now you don't have to feel bad about listening to it on Spotify because it is that much easier a yeah. platform to, to navigate. The, yeah. But you know, it's I don't. I don't want to be a whiner, but I mean, like no, people aren't away, people aren't paying for music anymore, and nope. it's it's. Well, that's the thing too. It's like that's why people are going to a bunch of shows. Why a bunch of bands are going to. Yeah, you can you cannot actually make 
any money off of music unless you were playing shows. Unless you are so outstanding and amazing at it that you happen to be like a bedroom guy or a studio guy who just is so good that it can't be ignored. But mm-hmm. otherwise, if you're not out playing shows and selling a ton of merch, it's a hobby. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's a hobby. That's the thing too. Right? I have no problem with that. Like, I mean, I I put out stuff that like. I could tell you how much I don't think I've sold. I put out seven things this year already. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've sold like combined. I don't think I've sold fifty things. Yeah, like that's including the five knuckle chuckle. Like the five knuckle chuckle thing sold sold less than twenty. Really? Yeah. So, but we're not. We weren't playing shows. Like yeah. if we had blasted off a bunch of discs, or we had originally really hoped to get somebody to do it on seven inches, but because it's really it's only nine and a half minutes of new material, right? Mm-hmm. So we really wanted somebody to put it in on seven inch, but like I mean, the labels they weren't jerks about it, but they're they're just like selling seven inches is incredibly hard because it costs almost the same to ship it as a full length album. But sometimes people are only getting five or six bucks, and you're still charging them fifteen bucks for it plus ten bu- ten dollars shipping is twenty five dollars for a seven inch, and if you're only getting six dollars worth of music mm-hmm. they don't really want it no. so it's like it's a really hard sell so like we pushed it as hard as we could and then we're just like let's just throw it up digitally and and we just threw on like the extra i think there's like an extra nine or ten songs just demos and live tracks and stuff like that just to give people something like an album's worth of material mm-hmm. even though it's only six new songs are you guys going to record any of the new shows those two shows uh there's people asking if we'll record the new shows like i i think there would be some value in in recording it, putting it up so. somewhere. Yeah, like even like even like pressing that on vinyl too. Oh, I I don't know. Like I doubt we're gonna do that. Yeah, I know. But it's gonna be like I don't know what the Oshawash sound is gonna be like. The Orangeville sound is gonna sound like a punk band playing in the Oddfellows Hall. Like we're gonna make it sound good, but you don't. I don't know if you want to have a vinyl copy of it for the rest of your life either. Yeah. So old is uh, a metal. Doom band? Yeah, we just say we like to say slow metal. Yeah. Like Doom Doom is such a weird thing. Like and the and the fans of Doom are very uh I don't know, cagey about what they call Doom. Doom's mm. got a lot of different themes and sounds in it that we don't use. Right. So like Greg, who's so Greg Dawson from BWC Studios, who's like I mentioned earlier, recorded the five knuckle stuff. I'd worked with him. He'd he'd mastered some Haymaker stuff for us, and he did some guitar on a Beef Chiefs hip hop song. And he just reached out to me. We had hung out a whole bunch of times, and then he just reached out to me and said, "Like, uh, do you want to play bass in like a basically?" He said at that point, "A doom band." Mm. And I was like, "Well, I don't I don't really even play bass." He's like, "Come on, man, it's, it's doom metal." <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, "It's gonna be so slow. You'll be able to play the bass." But he, his his whole uh, mo behind it was just I want to put de- I want to put together a band. He's he most of Greg's stuff has been incredibly heavy, and incredibly fast. A lot of it and very complicated, like in a good way. And he's like I've never been able to just slow down and just enjoy the music as it's happening because I'm concentrating so much on it, or I'm like like there's so many the board too, there's right? so many pieces yeah or he's making music for other people right like he's producing so he he had he had recorded sons of otis which is a i don't know a stoner doom band i guess psychedelic stoner doom band whatever you want to call it sons of otis check them out but uh their drummer ryan he's like i wanted to just poach ryan and, and he's like i wanted i told him right there i was like i'm gonna write stuff to play with you yeah 
And so he wrote eight songs and had Ryan in over a weekend, and they laid down what ended up being the first old record, like just the guitar and the and the drums. And he's like, I just wanted it to be a band of people that I liked hanging out with. Mm. That way, the hangs were always good. Right. And then if the music worked out, it worked then, out. But the then it worked out. But the hangouts were great. So we got hippie doing. hippie from Monine, who he'd recorded a whole bunch of times. Who's hippies about the nicest guy in music? Absolutely is. So and then uh, he got Doug, who I didn't know at all, but he had recorded Jaw. Okay. J a w w. He had recorded Jaw. Cut you right now. Okay. So this story, Corey (laughs) told me this story on how Doug got into the band Old. So what did he do before? Well, he was, he's, I mean, like, he was in a band, I, I can't remember, he's in a classic Halifax metal band that I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get the name of right now, but, like, if you talk to, like, Canadian metalhead freaks, they'll be like, they'll give you that name. Then he was in a band called Jaw, and, and uh, Greg recorded a demo for them, God, years ago, 25 years ago or whatever, yeah. and he basically said to Doug, like, 25 years ago, I'm gonna write, someday... I'm going to have a band and you're going to fucking sing in it because Doug's <laughs> voice is just, I, he's, there are other people that sing sort of like Doug, but no one's quite like Doug. No. He is so, his, his voice is so ridiculously heavy yet when you listen to old stuff, like you can make out every single word he says. Yeah. He's also a male. Uh, he, he is a, he is a, uh, a postie. Yeah. <laughs> he is a, po- a postman. Yeah. He is one of the funniest guys around. He's one of the, like the, charmingly grumpiest guys around as well like he has some classic rants about the state of the world and stuff but I think part of that was him living in Toronto and it being impossible for 20 years trying to make it music and it being impossible to A live in Toronto and B make it music (laughs) so I think he was just so now he has moved back to Halifax and he is apparently happier than a pagan shit so yeah how that province has been through a lot of shit in the past what yeah two years yeah, so that's hurricane and that's that's what old was. It was just a bunch of and none of us met. Like we met, the five of us met. Some of us had crossed paths. Like I had crossed paths, I think, with Hippie back when Monine was doing shows and Five Knuckles oh, doing some shows. But we never yeah. played with them. Never no. played with Monine once. Uh, I didn't know Ryan at all. I certainly never met Doug, and uh, we met the day the album was already done because we all mm-hmm. went in individually to Greg's house and recorded our parts. How was that? Like, As it was, I mean, the first album was a lot weird because I like not knowing who you're playing with. Like you, I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. I couldn't pick Ryan or Doug out of a lineup. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, well for my bass stuff, like the vocals weren't even on it yeah. yet. So I didn't even know what it was going to sound like. And, and on the first record, I think if you, if you know how to play music at all, the bass lines on the first old record are almost exactly like the guitar lines. Oh, like, yeah. I'm just married to the guitar lines pretty exclusively. So you were, um, I used to play bass once in a while. But, uh, I wasn't playing in between really anything. Yeah, I know. Like, I wasn't locked up with the drum. I mean, I was locked up That's with the drummer because mean, the guitars like, were. Playing, like, okay, word. But I was really just, I was adding girth to the guitars. Okay. And then on Temple, the second record, because we wrote it together mm-hmm. in a jam room. Like, I mean, Greg and I and then Hippie wrote all of it. You know, we'd bring a song to the group. Yeah. But we'd work it together in the jam room before we actually ended up right. going to the studio. So, like, then that was a lot more organic. Yeah. You, know, you can hear the bass lines. And you guys on got the a third on there, too. Yeah, split. Pilgrimage. Oh, no, the third, third full length, third, third full length Pilgrimage. And yeah. then the, the split. 
I mean, the split's a bit of a, it's a bit of a misnomer. It's not really a split. Like, I mean, people, I don't really want to correct reviewers on their own sites or anything like that, but yeah. a lot of reviewers think like that we're actually playing, like Old Grail is like this thing that played together. No, it was, <laughs> it was two leftover old songs that we couldn't fit on our record, and it was two Grail songs that they couldn't fit on their EP, and then one, one song that wasn't finished, mm-hmm. that was a Grail song, that had room for extra guitars and extra stuff, so we got the old guys to do the extra yeah. on it. So there's one song that's actually like old Grail, yeah, and then there's two old songs and two Grail songs. Wow! So it's a five song split, but I think it, it's it worked out really cool. Like it's a really cool release that's you know in 20 minutes it kind of runs the whole gamut of mm. of heavy music. It's got super stoner rock, it's got groove rock, it's got no, like r- ridiculous thrash, it's got yeah. like Swedish death. It's a cool record. Gra- and, Grail and Grail's out right now. They're just, they're getting together. So Ryan from Old is now playing guitar because when Greg recorded right. Grail, it was just a COVID project. Yeah. So he recorded all the guitars himself. Oh, okay. So there's like four to six guitars on any of the songs, but if, if it ever came down to them playing live, it was only Greg on guitar. So yeah. he actually got Ryan, the yeah. drummer from Old, mm-hmm. to be their second guitarist now because Ryan's a ridiculous, ridiculous drummer. Like yeah. Ryan, some of the solos on the old records are actually yeah, Ryan are actually Ryan, Ryan on guitar. Yeah. So yeah, Ryan's one of my favorite drummers to actually watch. Yeah, play drums. Like I seen when you guys came out old, you guys played uh, Orangeville, played Alton. You guys even like played Toronto. But any, anyways, every time I see you guys play, like as old, like old, fucking, so fucking loud. Yeah, blows the fucking room. It's your, very loud. Your foot is fucking going. Yeah. Right, because it's like you said, it's like that slow, like slow metal. Where it's not like da, 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 yeah, you can concentrate on it. Yeah, you can you can concentrate on every passage, right? That band's fun to be in because you can. I get to sort of be uh, a little bit um, anonymous in that band. Mm-hmm. A is a bassist because that's sort of the role of bassist. But B because like Doug's up front and Doug's very watchable. Yeah, Hippie's on the other side yeah. and Hippie's very watchable. Yeah, and then Ryan's in the back yeah. and he's one of the most watchable drummers ever because people are just like, what what bassist? is he doing he's like a gremlin and uh yeah i just get to like sort of do my own thing on the side and gerg yeah just me and gerg just doing our metal stances and and just playing right like we don't have to put that much showmanship into it i mean we still do because the music moves you but it's not that the drawing feature of the band right so yeah it's fun so um but loud yeah it's (laughs) super super loud fucking loud man you're that band is probably one of the loudest bands like so when Greg recorded that Sons of Otis band, he had the, he was recording them live off the floor, and he had them all set up, and they were setting their sound and stuff like that. And he's like, "All right, I think we're ready. You want guys want to do a check?" And they all just like hit some like you know guitar, bass, and drums all hit something, and Greg's pot lights fell into the ceiling of his <laughs> of his studio. And really? Like, <laughs> he was like, "Oh, stop!" What the doing? Yeah. He just moved, didn't he? I didn't notice, but that's when he had moved to. I think that happened when he was still in Brampton, but oh, he's, yeah. in, he's in Kingston now. Yeah. So, and also you got a bunch of hip hop stuff too as well. Yeah, I do hip hop on the side yeah. for fun. Yeah, that's wicked. I treat it pretty, like, I treat it as I'm doing it. I treat it very seriously, but I don't take it very seriously. The Beauty Chiefs was good. Beauty Chiefs is fun. Mac, I do Mock Spits as, like, my sort of side project without Corey from, like, the other Corey, OC, Corey Bruyere. Yeah. Uh, when we're together, it's Beef Chiefs, and when then we're not, it's just Mock Spitz, which is my character in Beef Chiefs. And then now I'm putting together a thing. Well, then I do stuff on the side with Theo from Bre- from 
originally from Branson, Kevin Theodoropoulos. Yeah, shout out to Theo. Yeah, Theo's the legend, right? So I do stuff with Theo on the side called Street Trash, which is just more like a bit more old school, like 89, 90 era hip hop. And I'm doing a thing right now with uh, another Fergus local that I went to high school with, uh, Derek Legui and Corey Brie, and then uh, Colin... Colin Lichty from Maryland's Vitamins and Hostage Life. We're doing what? A, we're doing a hip hop project called ODSS. Oh no shit, yeah, eh? Old du- <laughs> the, the old dude Cipher Squad. That's amazing. Yeah, so four piece kind of hip hop. When's that? I guess. Uh, I'm hoping like the music's done. Yeah. Like I have like three albums sitting in my phone because I make all my music on my phone. Yeah. Like, all my hip hop I make exclusively on my phone. Yeah. Like uh, I have three albums okay, in my phone. phone. Just a shitty iPhone. Like, I think yeah. an iPhone 8, maybe. Like, yeah. it's, it's crap. <laughs> but I just run GarageBand on it. And yeah, I just yeah. I just massacre and manipulate, like, all the sounds in GarageBand and, yeah. and sit there and chop stuff up for hours. And nice. But uh, I have three albums sitting, like, three hip-hop records sitting finished in my iPhone that I haven't even started writing lyrics for. Like, all the music's done, though. Oh, yeah. So, those guys are all supposedly writing their stuff right now yeah. so like i'm hope i told them i would love to get it done before the end of this year whether yeah. it comes out at the end of this year or not maybe i'll throw it out as a christmas present to people yeah just gonna be one of those things where one day i'm just gonna be like it's done put it out see you later yeah i'm not gonna we're not gonna do any kind of big release for it or anything mm-hmm. it's just gonna plop yeah <laughs> and happen right there on your laptop yeah. or your phone just listen yeah. to it and it's going to be good. The beats are great. Like, I mean, I'm really happy with the beats. I'm super happy with the beats. And, and I mean, Derek, Derek was in a, a hip-hop crew called The Crackers a long time ago with Virgil mm-hmm. McInnes. And Corey's been in with Beat Chiefs with me. Colin does hip-hop stuff as Big Lies, Dry Chinaski. And uh, his stuff is incredible. So, like, I think it's going to... I think it's gonna, really going to be a good record. Yeah, it's... Um, no, I should be with all those... You and the three other yeah, and there's a guy. From, there's there's a guy. I got a live DJ now, like a real DJ who actually scratches records and yeah. stuff like that. I found him and like he's just a guy I've known. And then one day he was like, I know I I met him through Gerg and all those guys. He's a Brampton guy, but now he lives in Orangeville. And then we were hanging out the one day. He's like, Oh, I didn't realize you were into hip hop. He's like, You should come over and check out my setup. And I thought he was a metal guy. I'm like, What are you talking about your setup? He's like, Oh, I got I got decks. <laughs> I'm like, What? He's like, Yeah, man, I'm just learning how to scratch. And so I went over to his place. And Sorry, he just, talks. Yeah, well, just when he's talking about that, he doesn't. Yeah. It's not a direct impression or anything, but word. Uh, yeah, I went over to his place, and he's he's certainly like new to it, but he's not he's not bad. Yeah, he's quite good. And with the way that I can record, I can I just give him a loop, and just mm-hmm. say record one thing for like eight minutes, and I will edit out all the crap and splice together all the good shit, and yeah. it'll sound fucking magnificent and that's what we did he's on he's the guy scratching on the street trash record and he'll be all over the odss record and so how many tracks is the odss record it's gonna be 10 10 tracks yeah yeah Yeah, six crew tracks and then four like four where each guy gets their own like credit like their own their own song yeah Yeah, so right on cool cool so uh you listen to a lot of funk you were saying yeah man i just well, that's another, I'm working on a funk record, so that's what I do. Uh, I've just been like listening to just to try to get the vibe right. Yeah. So, and I mean, I I know the funk that everybody knows, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not a, a diehard funk fan. Like, I don't right. know stuff from the '70s that you've never heard of. Yeah, I don't know it any better than you don't, right? So, like, I just start 
checking out playlists on Spotify, mm. just like just search deep, deep funk cuts or whatever, and yeah. people have put together fucking crazy, crazy playlists. Yeah. So and then as it's going, as it's playing, I'll just hit the little heart. Yeah. On stuff that I love and and throw it later on into my own playlist. So I've cobbled together a couple of huge playlists of nice. of just incredible stuff. I mean, I've always liked funk, but it's just never been like a go to for me. Mm-hmm. But my my sort of mo for my entire career has been like try to make one of everything that you listen to. Mm-hmm. Like I want to have made by the end of me making music one version of everything that I've liked. Mm-hmm. Like hip hop, funk. The only thing I'll never be able to do is jazz. I just don't get jazz. No. Like I love it. Yeah. I loved. I listen to jazz probably as much as I listen to anything. But I can't understand them. I don't understand the music at all. Yeah, it's just so far above well, my really level fucking, of theory. You're really fucking so, good at it, though. But I'm not good at jazz. <laughs> like, and I don't want to be a jazz singer. Yeah. I'm not gonna skiddly bop. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the one thing I'm probably never gonna get to do. Well, I think uh, I think you're amazing at everything you touch. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, man. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's talk Beatles or Stones. Uh, Beatles were, I mean, uh, no. much more important band. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you, I think if you take if you're gonna go like who's got the best twenty five songs, Beatles. You're gonna go with Beatles. You're gonna say yeah. who's got the best fifty songs. You might the Stones might twenty five through fifty. There, just because of, you know, they had fucking 30 albums by the time the Beatles were already long done, right? And then 50 albums by now, so... All of them are shit, though. I don't, I don't think they're shit. They're just, oh, they're a different band, man. They're I old. Guess, what do you expect uh, from them? I don't know. Like, you wouldn't want them to sound like they were trying to be 20. That's fair. You'd hate no. them for that. That's fair. If you, if you look at anything they've done since, like, Dirty Work, they're still, like, three to five... Like sol- like one great song on every record they put out. Mm-hmm. Three to five solid songs, and then a bunch of stuff that I don't like. But when you put yeah. out forty five records, making or seventy records, like making that kind of music, like what, yeah, I guess what what, what can they do? That's fair. Like it's so it would be so hard was, for them to come up with something original at this point. This I was is, really surprised by them releasing doing a new album without Charlie Watts. Yeah. Right, it's making making too. Keith making money, man. Yeah, like they 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 made blood, blood transfusions. Yeah, I mean they they continued after Brian yeah. Brian Jones. They continued after like Mick Taylor. They continued after Char- like Bill Wyman. They continued after Charlie yeah. Watt. Like they're gonna at the end of the day, fair. it's gonna be it's gonna have to be one of those two dying or stopping yeah. for it to not be the Stones. Yeah, as I long guess. as it's those two, it's the Stones. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but like there's there's amazing albums by the Stones that like have no like you know no major hits on them. Like Black and Blue is an incredible record and mm-hmm. it's got no major hits on it. Right. Like you know, there's they're they're an incredible band. Mm-hmm. They're an incredible band to have that much longevity. Like to and there's an argument for like I know in your the one pod we were t- I said when I sent you a message I was like we have to talk about your your your, your take on you too. When you uh when you want to be the biggest band in the world like. You, there's an art to being the biggest band in the world. Mm. Like it's not necessarily the most creatively pure no thing there is. But no. like it, you know how incredibly hard it is to be. The, like everybody would be the biggest band in the world if it was easy. Yeah. 
So like when when you two like because you said you two didn't do anything after Josh Washery. Fuck no, man. Yeah, but if you you put but yeah, but if you go back and you throw headphones on and you listen to Octung Baby, yeah, it's a perfectly perfectly crafted record. Okay, and it it is arena rock. It's not introspective. It's not tons of feeling, but it is a record made to be played in arenas to seventy thousand people at a time, and it couldn't be more perfect for than that. It's like Def Leppard's Hysteria. I, okay, People would rather yeah. have Pyromania and like yeah. High and Dry or any of that, but Hysteria was the record they made to be the biggest band in the world. Have you? Uh, so like we're sitting there talking to you saying Arena Rock. I went and saw a band called Ghost. Yeah, yeah, I like Ghost. Fuck, dude, you want Arena Rock? That's yeah, it. Well, that's right just there. it. But like, Where are you, you gonna judge them as a metal band? Because they're not a good metal band. No. Well, Because it's kind of where they came from. Yeah. They came out of the metal scene, right? So, like, Ghost, you put them up against anybody else in metal. They're not a good metal band, but they're a great rock and roll band. Theatrical (laughs) rock and roll, whatever the hell you want to call them. Yeah. Theatrical rock and roll, dramatic rock and roll. I don't know. Gothic rock and roll. But it's rock and roll. They sound like, like, half the time they sound like Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, it's fair to you. So. What did you think about Pantera getting back together? Yeah, I didn't need it. Yeah, I, don't like it. <laughs> I never, I never really cared for Pantera the first ah, time around. I'm so, the same way. yeah. So I didn't need it. I don't like Zach Wilde's playing. Yeah. And, oh wow. Uh, nah, just, wow. he's a great player. Yeah. It's just I don't like like <clears throat> I don't like the way he plays guitar. Like he mm-hmm. pinches harmonics like on every line. Like you listen to him in in there's a band called Zach Sabbath. Yeah. That where he does Sabbath covers. And he's fucking great. Don't get me wrong. But I just I don't want to hear him do Tony Iommi. Yeah. And he sings in it. And he sings really well. Yeah. And he does Ozzy really well. But I don't want to hear him do Ozzy really well. Yeah. I'd rather like I'd rather listen to Black Label Society, who I don't really like at all, mm-hmm. than him being in a cover band. In a cover band. And yeah. for him being in Pantera to me, it's cover, it's a cover band. Fun. Was yeah, there any new see. was there any new material? No. I don't want to see any band on a reunion tour if there's no new material. Yeah. Like, the only bands that I would say I would go see at this point would be, like, Minor Threat or Fugazi. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't get to see either of them, and they wouldn't even have to put out a new record for me to be there. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, I'd be like, eh. When Pixies came back, until they had put out a record, I didn't want to see. I was just like, I'm not going to paying 60 bucks to see the Pixies play stuff from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Don't care. Like they're, Yeah, I'm they're, with you on that one. Well, even like that that Pantera show too. Fucking Lamb of God opened. Yeah. Pantera should open for Lamb of God. Yeah, Lamb of God's basically one of the biggest names in metal. Yeah. But Pantera is one of the biggest names in metal history. So. Yeah. It was his face is a bit of a douche too, though. But. And Selma, yeah, yeah. yeah, personal politics, right? I think if you look you look hard enough at more than fifty percent of the people we actually like like to listen to, we wouldn't like things about them. Yeah, so that's fair. I try to separate art from artists as yeah, much as possible. Yeah, that's fair. I got a buddy that went there, and every time uh, Ed was spouting off about something, uh, Zach Wilde would play Just over him. Play over top of him. He's like, he's looking over, like, shut the yeah. fuck up, you idiot. Yeah. Like, before we get in some real shit. It's before not you, 1993 anymore. It's, before you drag out a Confederate flag or something silly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't need it, but I mean, whatever. Like, what's? I'm sure everybody involved made more money on that tour than they have on any of their smaller projects in the last ten years. Like Phil Anselmo and the Illegals and all that other yeah. stuff. Like, but they did another album too, another band. Um, well, he's been a bunch. He's the, he was in Down. He was in like Super Joint Ritual. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, I actually didn't even mind the Phil Anselmo and the Illegals stuff. It reminded me a lot of like 
good agnostic front. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's he's never really done it for me. And then the more again, the more I learned about them, the less I wanted to cheer for yeah, them. Yeah, so, so I like Dan and I were talking about it. I don't think anyone really needed it. Yeah. At all. Well, and there's also like when a band breaks up is one thing. When a ba- when when two people in a band are dead, maybe like well before their time, maybe maybe you don't come back under that name. Especially when they were both like two of the main, main reasons you had would, yeah. you had a sound in that was that was unique, right? Like if you think of what made Pantera unique, it was the drums and it and was the guitar. The guitar. <laughs> so like whatsoever. So it's just going to be a facsimile of that, right? But a lot of I know a lot of guys that got to take their kids to it. Yeah, and and just like you know, you get to see Pantera, right? I got to see the Allman Brothers when they were like seventy five. Yeah, they had a couple hot shot like younger guitarists and stuff like that, but it's still Greg Allman. Like I love the Allman Brothers, and mm. so I got to see the Allman Brothers. I didn't really get to see the Allman Brothers of like nineteen seventy two. Yeah, I don't have a time machine, so that's fair. Same with like people who want to see the dead. Well, you're yeah. gonna have to see them with John John Mayle. Like you're gonna. <laughs> Or Mayer, whatever. Who is it? John Mayer, not John. John Mayer, Mayer is yeah. it? The great John Mayer played with the Dead for the last couple of years. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. What? I'm dead. So you got a YouTube. I know. Shit. I'm YouTubing it right now. John Mayer, John Mayer can play like a motherfucker. Oh, dude. he's a good guitar player. So yeah, chat. When we're done, check out some John Mayer with Grateful Dead stuff. You will be blown away. Well, well I mean, it depends what you really think. Of he's he's basically playing Grateful Dead songs. So yeah. if you don't like the Grateful Dead, you're not gonna like it. But uh, he that stuff's not easy to play. No, not and, at all. And he's doing full tours. He's doing like three hour set lists. He's That's fucking he's, crazy. Like he's invested. And have they released anything? No, no I don't think I don't think they did anything new. They're just touring as like I think like the Dead and Friends. I think they're called now. Oh really? Yeah, they're not even. I don't even think they call themselves the Grateful Dead because they honor honor Jerry kind of with that. Yeah. But uh, I think it's called Dead and Friends. And there was one show I wanted to see. It was two weeks ago. Mr. Bungle. Yeah, yeah. And I had, I had a slew of friends go to Oh, that. I was, yeah. like, you and I both, right? Yeah. Like, was, that, that album that came out. Yeah, I, mean, I was talking to Gerg about it just last night. He was amazing. there and he said, he's like, it's ridiculous that, like, Dave Lombardo is, like, in his either late 50s or 60s at this point. And he's like, he was insane. Yeah. And he's like, Scott Ian is still maybe my, like, top three guitarist to me. And Scott Ian, as like as a guy who plays a bit of metal, Scott Ian is not going to wow you mm. with crazy heavy metal playing. He's just incredibly solid. He's got awesome tone, and mm. he's a consummate showman. Yeah, he's fun as fuck to watch on stage. Yeah, so, yeah that's that when that record came out, and I found out the lineup, I was yeah fucking blown away. And even the concept of that album too, redoing the original demos, yeah, <laughs> An original demo, yeah. right? Oh, it sounds amazing. I, I think it's. I, I awesome. probably like it more than I like the the first two Big Bungle records. So yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it's probably in my top ten favorite albums right now. Yeah, I listen to that album quite a bit. Um, so uh, are you still teaching basketball now? Yeah, I coach basketball on Sundays. Yeah, how's you, that? U14 it's interesting yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it like yeah. I really have a good time parents some of the parents are impossible yeah. some of the parents are absolutely amazing some of the kids are the same they're impossible and some are amazing like, mm-hmm. I I'm not really there to coach kids who are gr- already pretty great at basketball mm. like I just tell them to work on facets of their game that they're not good at right I'm like just try it like you're already good at this you can do it all game long mm-hmm. but you're not getting better in the other areas I like coaching the kids who aren't necessarily that good mm-hmm. like there's a kid on my team we just started yesterday was the start of a new season and there's a kid on my team like literally he didn't come out to the evaluation week the first week before 
So yesterday was my first time seeing him, and within two minutes, I could tell like he did not know how to play basketball. Yeah. Like he doesn't know the rules. Mm-hmm. And there are some kids in this league that are already ridiculously good. Oh really? So he's getting he's getting massacred out yeah. there, and he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, right? Yeah. I just basically said for today, stick to your man like Lou. I don't even need to do anything on the offensive end. Like, just <laughs> run around and try to get open. But on the defensive end, keep an arm on the guy. And everywhere he goes, you go. And you just lean on him. That's it. There's no science to it. No. Defense is 90% effort. Yeah. Like, if you don't need to know schemes. You don't need to know when a pick's coming. If you've got the determination to stick to your guy, yeah. you will at least be a nuisance. Yeah, exactly. So then over the course of a couple of games, I'll get to see what he can actually do a little bit better and then try to like hone in on those things. So it's almost like the opposite. With the kids who aren't that great, I try to find right. the one thing that they can do mm-hmm. and make them better at that. And the kids who are already pretty good, I try to make them move away from the thing they're already good at okay. and learn the other things. That makes sense. Because a lot of them come in and all they can do is score. Yeah. They don't get anything else. They don't get that sooner or later. You're going to, like, you know, you're playing house league ball right now. Mm. You're dominating in house league ball. If you went and played rep right now, you'd be covered by a guy who knows all your shit. Mm. And then you don't know. Once your your A plan is, sh- is shut down and you don't have a B plan and a C plan and a yeah. D plan, you're fucked. Yeah. So I'm trying to get these guys to realize, like, you know, once the double team comes, you can't do that one thing that you do great. Yeah. So what do you do then? What do you yeah. do then that's going to make the rest of your team better? Because as you're making the rest of your team better, right. then the other team has to respect that, and you get open again. Yeah. Right? But so it's, is, it's hard with 13-year-olds yeah, to get them well, to, to think farther to you, than five minutes ahead. And that's the thing, too, is like you're doing something for the community as well, too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. they, they reached out. Like, Lenny, my son Lenny, was going to play anyways. And so then when we signed him up, we were all on sort of like an email list. And they were just reached out to all the parents at that point. They're just like, if anybody can coach, it'd be great. You don't need to know basketball. We will help you. And I actually do know basketball, like, fairly well. I'm not going to write a ton of plays. Yeah. But, like, I know how to play basketball. And mm-hmm. I've watched basketball my, my entire life. So I was just like, well, I'll volunteer. Whatever. Yeah. I'm going to be going out to take them to the games anyways. Yeah. So if they need coaches, they need So this is, like, I think this is now, like, my fourth season. They're not, like, years. Yeah. There's, like, two two per year almost. So this is like my fourth go around of, of coaching. Yeah, right. it's great. It's great fun. I think everybody should try to do something in their community. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter how small it is. If everybody was doing something small, yeah, everybody's community would be a little bit better, right? Yeah, a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite sport? Is it basketball? That's basketball. Yeah. yeah. It used to be hockey. Like, uh, well, it also used to be baseball. Yeah. I, I've switched a couple times. Like, I I grew up loving baseball. I grew up loving hockey. Came up came to basketball kind of late, in like my late teens. Yeah, but uh, I played it in high school. But um, I gave up on hockey just because I I don't love the modern game that much. No, I'm with you on that. I just I think it's too fast. Yeah, I just I I used to like like grimy hockey. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even mind. I was still watching hockey when people were complaining that like all the shut down, like the J- New Jersey Devils of the '90s and stuff like that. Yeah. Like where they're just shutting down the neutral zone, neutral zone trap, and all that stuff. I appreciated how hard it is to design that system and then mm-hmm. play it. Like, yeah. you're getting to Stanley Cup Finals with a whole team of grinders. Mm-hmm. You're, that's that's pretty, like, that's pretty well, it's like the impeccable C, right? gamesmanship, right? But now it's just, I just find that it's just, it just never stops. It's just end to end, which is the reason some people love it. Mm-hmm. Like, end to end all the time, like, you know, 
45 shots a game. Like, well, they wanted high-scoring games, yeah, too, they did. for the American market, too, right? And So it is what it is. I, I also, like, I mean, I moved away from cable years ago, so I just don't really have anything live on. Um, I moved away from, I quit baseball this year, like, I quit being a fan of yeah. Major League Baseball, just the way that, like, I mean, if you follow Major League Baseball mm-hmm, at all, like, the way the owner, the owner of the last, like, seven or eight years of the A's has decimated that team. Yeah. He has sold off every single good player they've had, yeah. traded away every single prospect to keep the team as shitty as possible mm-hmm. so that he can move it to Las Vegas. Yeah. And now that's what's happening. They just yeah. took the MLB just approved it. People of Oakland are like, what the fuck? This is like, this yeah. is our community. This is our fucking team. This is our team. Well, it's the same thing what happened and with his, the his, Oakland Raiders too. There's yeah, when, and his argument is no one will come, no one will come in Oakland. Well, you just spent eight years ruining the team. Yeah. Like, like you won't no put a penny into the fucking you won't put a penny into the fucking ballpark. Stadium. The ballpark stadium. is literally falling apart yeah. and it is infested, infested yeah. with yeah. wildlife. Yep. Like people are watching games and fucking shit is running over their feet. <laughs> while you're watching the shittiest team in baseball. Yeah. Like, why would you go? Yeah. And then he's like, Well, I gotta move it to out to Las Vegas. Yeah. To to make money. Yeah. To make fucking money hand over fist. So I was just like, you know what? Baseball's letting it happen. Yeah. So fuck all of it. Yeah, I think um, well, even the NFL, like they got a team in Las Vegas now too. They moved to yeah. Oakland. Oakland's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I quit. I quit the NFL like when Raiders have been there for how long? Yeah, I quit the NFL. Watching the NFL when all the murderers and rapists and stuff were just yeah. sort of like they they're like, ah, well, if you're an all star, you can sort of do a little rape and maybe a little bit of murder, <laughs> but not you know. Well, in '94, like the Raiders was like. It was a gang. Yeah, they're all thugs. But, <laughs> I mean, like, as recent as, like, the last 10 years. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. It's been ugly. And just, like, you know, mm-hmm. I was an Eagles fan, and, that, you know, they just made the Super Bowl. I watched that. That's the one game I watched last year. I mm-hmm. watched the Super Bowl. Yeah. Just to see if the Eagles would win. Didn't even really care. Didn't even really cheer. Yeah. Just to see if they would win. But beyond that, I mean, it gave up sort of on the Eagles when they brought back Michael, when they got Michael Vick. I'm just like, eh, I don't like this guy. He's yep. a fucking thug as well. Yep. So, yeah, it's just, so for me, I mean, not that basketball is, is perfect. No, but I think basketball is a little bit better than the NFL. Well, and for a long and time. And a little bit better than MLB because MLB's getting, it's been kind of shitty for a little bit too, right? And for a long time, like, basketball was, like, the cheap, like, you could go for, until the Raptors actually won, Mm -hmm. you could go to Raptors game for next to nothing. Yeah. So it was, like, the local option for, like, I didn't really want to see the Jays, because I don't cheer for the Jays. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't go to Jays games. I would go to Jays games when the A's came. Mm -hmm. So there's some funny stories about me taking Keith Brown to a bunch of A's games where somehow we managed to massacre the Jays every time that me and Keith would be there. It was, like... 17 to 2 like it was yeah. ridiculous beatings but uh yeah I, I don't want to go see the the jays so i was going to raptors games a lot and sitting up in the nosebleeds for yeah. 20 20 bucks or whatever an hour, no? uh i went to a game last year and uh it was i didn't have to pay for my ticket thank god because mm-hmm. they were ridiculously overpriced yeah yeah, it's ridiculous. Sport. It's Toronto sports, man. And we took we took a gamble. Like I was allowed to, I was kind of allowed to choose which games I wanted. And it was about ten games left in the season. I could have the Pistons. Yeah. And the Pistons were so far out of it, it wouldn't have fucking mattered. 
or I could have the very last game of the season, which was Toronto and the Bucks. Yeah. And I figured if either of them were, if they were both still playing for playoff position, it could be an amazing game. Yeah. So I bet on that one. I took the tickets to that one. But like two days before, both teams got locked into their spots mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and then neither of them fucking played anybody yeah. good. It was like I could have walked down and put on some, Whoa. put on a penny and, and been as good as any of the oh, yeah. fucking clowns that were playing that day. But uh, was it was still fun. It was Lenny's yeah. first game. Oh, cool. So yeah, he, he still got to see like, you know, he got to see some decent players, Scotty Barnes and I don't even think Siakam even played. So, yeah, but it's hard. It's hard raising a family. Like, I don't know. I don't know how my dad ever took us to Leafs games. I know like with inflation, things have gotten different. But, like, wait, there was three boys in my family, like, and when we went to a game, it would be all five of us going to it. I could never imagine yeah, taking right five now. people to any sporting event unless yeah. it was, like, The Rock or, like, a nine, the 905 team or Junior A or something or like that. Marley's. Yeah, but even that, like, if you're still paying 40, uh, 45 bucks a ticket. Why should spend on a fucking... You're still spending 200 bucks on five tickets, and you're, you're spending 25 bucks to park and 50 yeah. on concession. You're, you're over $300 to watch, to watch junior hockey. Watch, like, it's pretty nuts. Junior hockey, actually. So, yeah, no, basketball, I mostly watch it on TV. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I just, uh, I went to the Leafs game, was it, just before COVID, and I'll never go to another one ever again. Yeah. But... I Ever. hate. I hate. I absolutely hate the Leafs. I think I they think treat their. I, tr- trash. I think they treat Let's their go. fans so badly. Yes, they do. Their tickets should be nowhere near no. what they cost for the for the team that gets put on the on the ice, and to have gotten out of the first round once in what eight years, eight years. I think it's eight years. I think I thought it was more than that. Yeah. But regardless, to not have made the playoffs for. X amount of years, and then to only have made the first round, and then it, like some stunningly bad collapses in mm. those first rounds. Yeah, and then even last year, like to get out of the first round and then just lay a total pile of dog shit in the second round. Yeah, like, and they're still what the the most expensive ticket in the league just Lucky because return, they'll man. just because so they'll sell. That's, it's insane. Like I don't understand why people sit there and cheer for that team. I don't get it. Um, I do get it to a point. I used to be a Leaf fan. I cheer for the Habs now. And they're trash too. Yeah. But I got sick of watching a fucking losing team. Well, the way I see it is like, yeah, there's a salary. I'm glad there's a salary cap in all these sports because yeah. it sort of does allow for parity. But your coaching staff and your scouting staff and your GM mm-hmm. and all this stuff do not go against your cap. Nope. So why don't the Leafs always have a top five coach? Two assistants who would be head coaches anywhere else. Mm-hmm. The, the best GM. Not, not like a 28-year-old fucking nerd. Mm-hmm. Why is Brendan Shanahan running the team? The guy's, never run, the guy's never run anything. <laughs> Love this so much. Keep so, like, why are they not overpaying yeah. in all those positions when they're making so much money, more money than any other team, mm-hmm. so that the infrastructure of the team is solved? Yeah. And then, the, the you know, you, then you're not, like handcuffed every time like you know oh there's a free agent he's 34 he's only going to cost us 11 million dollars like oh wait that handcuffed us for three years and now we have to trade two young guys for nothing yeah like it's just they don't know what they're doing well it's Toronto sports too like Toronto sports has done that forever like look at the fucking jays like come on yeah well jays jays have won 
Yeah. Two titles in my lifetime. Two titles, yeah. Two. <laughs> Great, we certainly but, have it. You know, they should have done a lot more last year. I know that. Yeah, well, <clears throat> see. I don't think they're going to sneak in this year. But no. Maybe, well, maybe they, they will. They decided to start playing some baseball, right? Maybe a little too it's late. It's insane because they have They're playing same, great. Yeah, they're playing great, but they got to fucking... They gotta, every time they play Tampa... Okay. No, no. Look, let's go away. <laughs> that cat is like a fucking robot. <laughs> 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 like something you'd buy at a Radio Shack. Life-like cat. Yeah, that's all of it. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, Corey just swing us all of walking around. What so. what what could be called walking? Oh, it's almost like a generous. little. It's like a little panda. Yeah. <laughs> Barely like a little panda. It's, it's almost like a panda. She is twenty five pounds and fourteen years old. Wow. So it's a lot to carry around. She's well, friendly, so I like it. Oh it's yeah. Fine. Um, she uh, eats the food, sleeps. Yeah. That's it. Stretches. Stretches. Takes. Cleans dumps. the things she can reach. Yeah, well, we have to clean the cats. I was going to say, she can't reach everything. Absolutely not. No way. No. Um, How many cats do you have? Two. Mr. Marvel and Jordan. Yeah. Brother and sister. They're fucking idiots. Are they? Yeah. And a dog who's also an idiot. We like him, but they're... What kind of dog is it? uh, He was a rescue, so we know he's part German Shepherd, but we don't know what the other half Mm -hmm. of him is. What's his name? Axel. Rose. Well, we inherited the name. Oh, okay. It's spelt like German, like A-X-E-L. It's not spelt like Axel Rose, yeah. but he's from Texas, so we call him our little Texas Rose. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's fun. He's great. He's like, he's not a bad dog. He's a super nice dog. He's way too excited about seeing other dogs. He barks a lot. But yeah. Other than um, that, he's super nice. What do you think about uh, GNR, huh? They're, who cares? Huh? Again? I, oh, stop. Um... That's the old ball and chain. Uh oh, where are you? Where's Franny at? I don't know. (laughs) On the air looking for my kid. Let's see. Like a row of stairs? Yeah, somebody's crooning downstairs. Um, yeah, GNR. I mean, again, it's not really to me. It's not GNR. It's not no. Like, no. I don't know why I even brought it up. To be honest with you, I wasn't even. I wasn't really like. I like some Guns N' Roses songs, but I mean, the first song is good. Yeah, I like the. Yeah, I like. I like probably more than half the first record, but I mean, that's well more than I like than of the second. Use your illusion stuff. Yeah, didn't like that that much. I didn't. I haven't really liked Guns N' Roses or, yeah, thrown, no, no, was, or chosen just, to throw, a, throw we it on. We were just talking about it to like Pantera and all those big bands too. Uh, you still listen to punk rock? And you, and you, yeah, and but you still bands. mostly the stuff that I, that I grew up before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably listen to like Matt, Minor Threat and Bad Religion and, and Bad Brains and stuff more yeah. than I listen to anything new. Yeah. I like some new stuff when people, like people literally have to tell me like when something's happening yeah. or mm-hmm. something new has come out like I, I probably my favorite punk rock record of last year was that new cigar record yeah that's amazing I saw so, them live with uh, Matt Caddy yeah that was fucking nuts man but uh you've seen them live too I've you? never seen Cigar Life no I never saw them back yeah. in the day and I, I was gonna go to that show and then it was like on a Thursday and I'm just such an old man I was just like I'm not I'm not getting down to the city on oh, Thursday the night show? yeah yeah I wasn't going down to the city as on the Thursday as soon as you night. walked in the room you saw it 20, 35 people from Orangeville. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was huge. I mean, we used to sell. Oh, we used to sell a ton of the first that's record I mean. in our store. So <laughs> that's where I bought that record. Yeah, and I still have that record. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really the whole keep band up. From Jerry Can was there. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really keep up with new punk rock. Yeah. I mean, like I said, if somebody tells me that something's great, I'll check it out. And I've favorited some stuff and listened to some stuff. I haven't really bought that much of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I usually check out the new stuff by all the old bands that we yeah. listen to, and then almost always. Just like, man, okay, yeah. I'll go back and listen to, yeah. duh. I'll listen to Duh now, or I'll listen to Trash. I'm not going to yeah. listen to any new Lagwagon yeah. or anything like that. There's a band called uh, The Slime. They're on, aren't they, like, associated with Cursed, Cursed Blessings? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about them. I haven't, I haven't checked them out at all. And there's another band, uh, really digging, um, Jesus Christ. I think they're on Cursed Blessings, too, or they used to be. Oh damn it! The hat's right there. Hold on, I'm gonna be right now. It's underneath it. I'll be right back. Um. Yeah, choices made. Oh yeah, I, well I saw those guys on St. Patrick's Day. Dipshit at, at the uh, the tapas. Yeah, they're good. Huh? Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. And uh, I like yeah, like I mentioned before, I love Dragged In. I love. Pat from Dragon's other band, Brutal Youth. Brutal Youth is probably Brutal Youth is Brutal Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite, like yeah. new schoolish kind of bands. Uh, I like all the stuff that like Off puts out. Yeah, I like Off quite a bit. Yeah, but that, I mean, me that's still just. I mean, it's it's kind of yeah. like you're still just a Circle Jerks fan if you love Off, right? So yeah. um, there's a band called Debt Cemetery. You guys yeah, I like those guys as well. They're good. They're gonna be on the podcast in December, actually. Yeah, there's like there's no there's no denying there's a. Oh, fucking there's that shit label, ton there's of that good label stuff. Out, out west thousand island records yeah. i think yeah. uh steve from uh Belvedere runs it okay pretty sure um they got some good stuff yeah they put out good stuff and then like i like the stuff coming out of i mean it is mostly represses and stuff but people of punk rock out of quebec put out a ton of good stuff too yeah. which it's mostly like you know randy records and and yeah. pride pride bowl and shit like that like pride bowl. stuff that i love the first time around so yeah that I never thought to buy on vinyl the first time. So uh, yeah, what's your vinyl collection like? It's small. Yeah, I can't afford it, man. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Priced out of the vinyl. Like, I got a decent collection of like used stuff, and I sold most of my own vinyl collection when we were opening the store. Oh yeah. To get like money and people in the door. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't. I w- I should have at that time bought a bunch of stuff for myself at wholesale mm-hmm. while we had the store, and then just hoarded it. And, yeah. and 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 had like a small fucking fortune sitting around now, but I didn't. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now like I, I'll buy like brand new. I'll buy maybe five records a year, like yeah. brand new, like the forty to fifty dollar release. I think vinyl is ridiculously overpriced. I think it's uh, becoming a dead. Nah, yeah, whatever else. Well, the pricing, like know? like like I said about my daughter, sure. they're pricing an entire demographic right out of, like it's it's for people from like 30 to 50. Mm-hmm. That's not for like kids. 60 year olds aren't certainly going to buy records at 60 bucks when they remember buying them for $4 or $8 okay. or whatever it was. And kids can't afford them unless they got great allowances mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. small jobs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I just, I mean, you know, a, an album will come out and they put it out on some special edition, two vinyl, double gatefold, and it's like $64 plus shipping it's gonna be 80 bucks for me to buy mm-hmm. i'm just like i just want to like i just want to 
Listen to it. I want one slab. I want one black slab. Mm-hmm. You can fit the whole record on <clears> one <throat> slab. I don't have to flip it fucking four times. Mm-hmm. Like it's not long enough for you to put it on double record. You no. just want it to be exclusive well, and limited and all this shit. Who the and fuck did that? Oh fuck! It was uh, it was no the new Pennywise album came out and whatever like it was dog shit. But, yeah. Um. Whatever, it was it was a Pennywise It's Pennywise record, record yeah. Like, it's going to be fine. I always say it's nice. fine. People it's are like, fine. what did you think of it? I'm like, it's fine. It's Pennywise, <laughs> nothing new. If you had played it for me and told me it was somebody else, I'd like be like, Fletcher was it'd be all right, but it's Pennywise. Instead of, whatever. you know, I, whatever. Like, it's Pennywise. There's three good Pennywise albums, in my own opinion. Um, I, I only listen, I know there's, be, there's still good records, but I only listen to Pennywise and Unknown Road. I am full because I think those those two records are a microcosm of where my head was at for like two years. Those were like the two best, two of the best about, records. Uh, uh, full circle. About time. About time. Yeah. And uh, unknown road. Yeah, unknown road to me is is almost about time's a good record too. Yeah, like I mean, you could th- if you, if I was at a party and somebody threw it on, I'd be perfectly happy to hear mm-hmm. it. Yeah. perfectly happy it's just when I'm choosing if I'm like I'm in a Pennywise mood it's gonna be one of those two records yeah. that I throw on so time. they they put out this fucking four disc LP yeah. rare that's, whatever I'm like that shit's out of control here's the demo songs from the album what? yeah it's just the same fucking song uh, yeah. there's nothing new about it yeah it's, it's just, just shorter and, and slightly just, shittier produced that's it that's <laughs> all it is there's nothing new yeah. on it. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like you're a jam band and like no, the song's gonna be significantly like fucking, different. Uh, fucking Jim's gonna be sitting there playing. Oh wait a minute, Jim's gonna play bass right now. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's no. Fuck that. And that's what I mean. A lot of like I don't have a lot of live. Re- I have some like live records from like the '70s from '70s bands. No, like, you hate like rock, rock, rock records. I don't like them. There's no. there's like three that I like. Yeah, that's about it. I like I just saying that. I was. Nah, buying, it's just I'd rather listen to the record. I'd rather uh, listen to the record. I was I was buying a, a live and a diagnosed for a name. Yeah, and you looked at me across the counter like, what the fuck are you buying this piece of dog shit for? Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> listen, just, just listen to the listen three to, records. Listen these to songs the three records. Right. <laughs> the songs are like, idiot. I'm like, oh, it's live, and then. Live in it out, it was a great way to get people to check out some bands. Yeah. Like, like if, if you only knew No Effects or if you only knew, like, you know, whatever, you, you're yeah. going to check out Bracket. You're going to check out No Use for Name. But, I like Bracket. But, uh. They didn't get their just due. That whole thing, that live in a dive, <clears throat> like, all with the exception of the RKL one is fucking insane. That's in my, my three. It's amazing. The RKL, well, the RKL one's insane. Yeah. It's so good. Found Mike on that one. He's a fucking cover for a while yeah like i mean and that that's, you put that in that's one of the cool. exceptions to my live punk rock record suck yeah is that one there's a bad brains one that i love too yeah which but, one uh i think it was called the youth are getting restless live in amsterdam yeah it's fucking out of control i think yeah. it's it might be the first bad brains i ever bought because when i found out about bad brains i went down to what was rec our only record store in town at the time other than ana's i went to records on wheels and I looked in the Bad Brain section, and the only thing they had was this, this album. I didn't even realize it was live at the time. I just bought it and took it home. Yeah. And fucking, it blew my mind. Yeah, the RK, uh, RKL one was really. Yeah, that one's that one's incredible. But that RKL was incredible. So. Yeah, and they didn't get a lot of just do either too. Nah, Actually, I you know what? The SMFU they, live albums get too. 
Mm, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Last of the big time suspenders. Yeah, right? yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I, I fucking love SNFU, and I, I, I saw them live, and they were great. But I like, saw them live in Guelph. I'm never like seven I mean, years ago. I probably will go to my grave, never hearing that album again. Yeah, like I've heard it once or whatever, and it's, right. it's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's okay. If I want to hear those songs, I'm gonna listen to those records. Yeah, I know. But yeah, SNFU is probably the uh, my top five punk bands. Yeah, second, second best Canadian punk band ever. What's the first one? Pro- fucking Propaganda. There you go. Propaganda by a mile. They're so fucking good that they're not even punk anymore. I don't even know what the fuck they are. I don't know. They're not a punk band anymore. No. They're, al- they're almost a goddamn metal band. And they're almost a prog rock band. I will say yes to both of those. Yeah. Yep. They're so out of the And I, th- I would put, uh, put them in my probably top five Canadian bands as well. Yeah. I would say they they got to be up there. They got to be up there. They've been so quali- they've been so quality for Christ. That was I was like eighteen. So that's been fucking twenty nine years yeah. of propaganda. Like yeah. being every single time they put out a record, they're one of the best bands going all yeah. the way up from then up until now. Like the last, new, the last album was insane. Was so the good. next one's still going to be insane. They've had band members change. They've yeah. Had great label support and no label support. They run their own label. They've done Ran everything. Right into the ground. Yeah, they've done everything they <laughs> wanted to do the entire time. Yeah. And, and have never, in to me, musically, made a misstep. No. No. Never. Whereas even some of my favorite Canadian bands, like I would say Sloan is one of the most important Canadian bands that will mm-hmm. be judged appropriately in like another 20 years. But uh, even Sloan has like weak albums mm-hmm. that, that, to me, for personal taste, that are weak. Yeah, but, but to me, propaganda doesn't have like even the ones I don't love are still, are still fucking yeah. like I don't love Potemkin City Limits and I don't put it on all the time. Mm-hmm. But when I do, and I just say like only listen to it for what it is, mm-hmm. as opposed like cause it's not a fast record. No. Don't judge it against the other stuff and listen to what well, it is. Empire Tomorrow's Ashes good album too. I fucking love that record. Yeah. But I say I say the last three are as good as the first two or three yeah. and the first two or three are all like the first two are definite like fucking classics yeah but the last the last God, three says that too. supporting casts like fucking that whatever the the newest one was with the goddamn roller coaster on it I'm terrible for names now yeah, but me too. Oh, victory lap, lap. that go. was fucking insane yeah. like I listened to that for a good solid three weeks so I'm just like I don't even know what this is yeah but, but it's, it's good though oh god it's so good yeah Perfect. Jeff and I saw him in Guelph not too long ago and then uh, the Guelph theater and then uh, ran into Alan from uh, Trigger Happy. Yep. He was there. Yeah, Mr. Nolan. Yeah, chilled out with him for a bit. Yeah. And then uh, we got a couple more shows. We're going to go see Rusty. 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 Ken. Yeah. Ken McNeil. Yeah. They're uh, playing uh, in Waterloo. Cool. And the next night, uh, Danko Jones. Yeah. Um, like a Canadian band. Yeah, Canadian That's, Rock Royals. You're right there. Um, I don't know. I think Danko doesn't get enough just to because yeah. I think they're good. No, they're he's really incredible. Good. He's an incredible writer and he's a yeah. great showman. Yeah, and he's a great writer too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you ever read? Did you ever read his book yet? Or no? No. No. You gotta read the. If you get the chance, pick it up. Or I don't. I don't or read. Whatever. I don't read nonfiction anymore. I don't know. Well, whatever. I don't want to learn about these people, Sean. I've yeah, already told you that. I don't want to know anything about these people. <laughs> I want them to entertain me. Yeah. I'm like a fucking Roman emperor. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
They're all Dance ch- they're all chattel to me. Like <laughs> fucking just I don't wanna know that you have a family. I don't wanna yeah. know that you have history. That's good. Dance for me, monkey. Well, there you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I am to people too, and Locking I don't want right. them to judge judge my personal life either, right? So. so well, we've been talking for one hour and fifteen minutes and twelve seconds. Is that the new record? Oh <laughs> hold on. Well maybe we haven't even I talked about my polka band yet. S- oh, well, <laughs> can we do that on another podcast? Yeah. Perfect. So uh, Five Knuckle Chuckle is playing. October 27th in Orangeville, but if you don't have a ticket, don't bother. And then October 28th at the Atria in Oshawa, the In Trust We Crust Festival. And there are definitely tickets left for that. So Who's on that bill again, sorry? Uh, Random Killing, Well and Wasted, uh, Blackout, uh, Dragged In... Um, I'm gonna. That's on Saturday. I'm gonna forget. It's gag order. I'm gonna. That's the Saturday night. Yeah. I think I'm gonna, so it's two floors. The HA has got no, two know, floors, so he yeah. runs them sort of opposite. So as soon as this band finishes on this floor, this band starts on the next yeah. floor under. So you just run back and forth up the stairs when all night. And there's, there's no stops really between the bands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was sort of ran like that. Uh, north by north, uh, east. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how they run it. They they used to do it. Uh, I don't know if they still do like this right now, but the horseshoe. Because front horseshoe, and back, front and yeah. back. So like you're going, running back, yeah. and then after ten beers, you're like running into a fucking wall. Yeah, wicked. Yeah. So yeah, those awesome. will be fun shows. Yeah, man. Uh, we're gonna actually we got tickets for the Orangeville show, but we're probably gonna check out the uh, Saturday. Cool. I didn't know anything about the Saturday one. So yeah, uh, you're gonna give me all your socials too, and the band socials. Oh God. I know. Just like link them somewhere. I can't even remember all of them. Sweet. If you just if, I'm gonna you, if you look up if you yeah if you po- if you just look up the names of the stuff plus Bandcamp you'll find you'll find all my yeah. stuff. Awesome, so. dude. All right, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no worries, man. It was wicked. Awesome. Very good time. <laughs>